Cape sizes continue to wade into treacherous water as they lose nearly 40% of their index valuation from last Tuesday to this Tuesday. Iron ore has found some support in macroeconomic news coming out of China, but will this support last? We'll discuss with Hao Pei. And finally, our foreman one joins us to discuss the erosion of the war premium across oil products. All this and more on Freight Up. Freight Up! Hello and welcome to Freight Up. My name's Fernanda and I'll be your host as we navigate the seas of freight and commodities. We're going to give you just a quick overview of the indexes in our biggest markets. So for Cape 5 TC, as you heard at the beginning of this show, it is the biggest mover with a negative 39.8% change in this week. We'll discuss more of that in the freight update. Supermax was a bit more interesting with a negative 9.4% change, while it stayed relatively range bound with a stable curve. The handy size 7TC index went up by 2.24% since last Tuesday. Iron ore 62%, 3.88% growth. Sing 0.5, and Rock 0.5, very little movement with a 0.82% change. So to dive into the inner machinations of those numbers, I've called in Ricky Foreman to discuss oil today, How Pay to give us an overview of the Ferris Complex, and your favorite freight reporter, Fernanda Della O, to give us our freight update. First, let's dive on into fuel oil with Ricky Foreman. You are wearing a button-up shirt. The hair looks snazzy. You've ditched <laughs> the uh, the day-to-day band tee that you normally wear to the office. Absolutely, yeah. You dressed up for freight up. <laughs> Why? Well, I try occasionally. Oh my God, <laughs> looking very dapper. Thank you. And you've also got a bit of news for us. What's been going on with oil? Yeah, so it's been uh, topsy-turvy. There are lots of things going on out there, predominantly the war in the Middle East, that's obviously causing concerns and volatility in the markets across across all products. It really obviously took the, the globe by storm, obviously on those attacks on the 7th on the weekend. The market obviously pushed hard. I think we got to around 92 levels, and there's a, a big war premium that was priced in obviously kind of overshadowed all of the fundamentals that were going on in the market at that time, as you would expect. But then slowly, slowly, we've started to see that uh, war risk premium erode a little bit the, the last week with kind of the hope and expectation that there is, you know, corridors open up for Gaza, a little bit more of a humanitarian effort uh, yeah. to be made. In fact, the Rafa border opened this morning, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So if we hear any you know positive news that's coming out of this war, it will start to erode the the higher prices on on the oil front. Obviously the diplomatic efforts are helping. It's interesting to see China trying to be a broker in this. Some cynically would say that they've got their own best interests at heart as roughly 50% of their imports are from that kind of region. So it makes sense for from that point of view for them to be getting involved as well as the humanitarian. For me, I wouldn't be taking my foot off the pedal with regards to this wall premium. I think it can change very, very quickly, especially if other uh, entities get involved and, and it doesn't just stay confined to the current area that it is. I certainly hope that isn't the case, but I think 
it, it's a realistic one and it's something that needs to be factored in, certainly for the majority of our clients that are going to be having exposure for the, you know, the next few months out. So it's definitely an ongoing news story and it looks like it's still going to be the focus of the oil market for this week. Has it bled into any other oil products? The thing to note is obviously the Brent massively pushed. The Brent's massively come off now because of this this war premium has kind of eroded, like I said. So a Brent was around 92. We're now trading at around 85 today. So we're uh, considerably lower. But the, the, the issue with that is we've had some, we've seen some big buying on the front uh, spreads, on the cracks. And whilst the Brent and the WTI prices have come lower, the actual fuel products themselves have got more expensive because of the push in, in the cracks and the front month spreads, which we've seen due to heavy buying during the window periods. As it stands at the moment, obviously we've had some European PMI data, we've had some uh, Chinese data that's come out in the last week, uh, which has all been quite negative. So from a fundamental point of view, I do think the market's tending to shift its focus now to the demand side of the equation. And there's some concerns, which I think has also helped bring the price of the of the Brent down. But for me, obviously, the, that, the, big, the big thing at the moment that's floating around, that's going to be around for a long, long time, is the war in the Middle East. That's going to be the overarching theme, the carrot and the stick in the situation. All right. What other news do you have uh, for us today, Ricky? Yeah, there's not much more to report. Obviously, there was some stats from the API yesterday out in the US, which showed a small build on the crude, but then a small draw on the gas and the distillates. We'll see what, whether or not that's been validated from the EIA stats that come out today. So the market will keep an eye on that. We've also got uh, the Fed speaking a little bit later. So obviously the market will be keeping its eye on that. And from a technical point of view, feel like it is still bearish. Obviously we've seen that drop from 92 down to 85. Uh, we are still technically bearish, but like I, I can't emphasize it enough. The, 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 the caveat being if anything escalates in the Middle East, we could see the market at 100 within a very, very short time frame. Wow. So fix and forget is one uh, that our clients like with re regards to hedging. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer hedge and move on. Ah. To, to me, it has a little bit more responsibility rather than fix and forget <laughs> because you don't want to just forget your position. So I, I like hedge and move on, keep an eye on it, monitor it. And I, I think it's the responsible thing to do, especially in, in times that we're seeing. Any last words of wisdom for what we should be looking out for until Archie comes and gives us our next update next week? Not really. Not really. I mean, I do hope from a humanitarian point of view, you know, the situation starts to get better as, as, as quickly as it possibly can. I think we all agree with you, Ricky. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to drop you a line on ICE, what is your chat username? Uh, yeah, so it'll be rforman1. R Foreman one because he is number one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite say that. But. I would. <laughs> well, Ricky, thank you so much for coming on this week. Now let's talk freight. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It has not been a positive week in the freight markets. If we look at index movements from Tuesday, the 24th October to yesterday, Tuesday, the 31st October, the Cape Size 5TC index has dropped a massive 39.8% from 28,805 per day to 
17,344. It was less negative on other ship sizes, with the Panamax 4TC index dropping from 13,410 to 12,841 from Tuesday to Tuesday. The Supermax 10TC was a bit more pronounced, as last Tuesday, the 24th of October, the spot price was 14074 dropping 9.4%, nearly 10% of its value, down to 12754 The handy size 7TC was the most timid in movement, as it only dropped about 2.24% going from 12,311 last Tuesday to 12,035 this Tuesday. So if you're looking at those indexes Tuesday to Tuesday, it's been right across the board in the dry freight market, and the negative sentiment was also present in the dry FFA markets. On the physical side, the CAPES market continued to take a hit as vessel supply still outweighed the demand in key regions and fixing activity was low in both basins. We also saw a 7.1% drop on Cape size iron ore shipments out of Australia, along with a whopping 58.3% drop in week-on-week coal shipments from Australia to China, which further exacerbated the negative sentiment that, at the moment, looks to consume the remainder of the year. The drop continued to mount with the November contract selling at a high of 18,675 last Tuesday, the 24th of October, and remaining on a downturn until achieving mild respite on Tuesday the 31st, where it traded at a low of 15,250. December traded down to a high of 15,425 on Tuesday the 24th, and ended with a low of 14,225 on the 31st. Further out, Cal24 traded down to a low on 13,700 on the 31st. This is, again, largely due to a prevailing negative sentiment as the curve seems to be in backwardation. Now, last Tuesday was rather patchy for Panamax papers. We finished the day on only slightly higher than where it started. Q1 tested but didn't break the $9,000 resistance. And further out, Cal24 traded down to 10750 low before pushing back up to 10850 On Wednesday, November printed from 12,700 down to 12,250. Fast forward to this Tuesday, the 31st, and it looks like the downward trend bottomed out on Monday with us finding good size trading taking place throughout the day. Now on Halloween, November printed between 11,675 and 11,100. December from 10,625 to 10,225. Q1 from 8,700 to 8,325 and Cal24 from 10,725 to 10,575. Meanwhile, in the Supermax world, we had a bit more movement with a 10% index drop. There was intraday trading throughout the day last Tuesday, the 24th, with November and December trading within a $200 range. This Monday, the 30th, we saw the Supermax finding a higher trading range of plus or minus $300. Q1 traded down to $8,600, while the Cal24 traded at $10,700. Now, for those of you interested in the handy sizes, they're a bit range-bound as they tend to stay plus or minus $75, around $10,800 on any given day. 
So all in all, the FFA market had an active week last week with trading volumes of over 56,000 lots posted on the exchanges and both Capes and Panamaxes traded in decent sizes. We'll have to keep an eye on the Capes as that's where most of the movement is happening. But don't worry, I'll be here with another update next week. Last but certainly not least, the Ferris Complex with How Pay. All right, Hal. So this week we had a similar story to the past couple of weeks, actually. Iron ore spiked 6.36% during the report week. And we heard some changes uh, happened in the macro side in China. Uh, are those two things related, those two events related? Yes, we saw a big spike on iron ore price during the past report week because something we never expected happened. There's a big change on the macro environment. It's related to China issued one trillion yuan sovereign debts to optimize local debt structure. So that's pretty much what a lot of investment banks, including Goldman Sachs and uh, Morgan Stanley, they worried about the housing problem, the liquidity in the infrastructure projects. Now they're coming out. So, but we never, because everyone, all the market participants is expecting the money comes out normally in March or February, at least in the beginning of the year, but which come in the end of the year. So it's totally out of expectation of the market. It has a big injection on liquidity in infrastructure area. And that's to say in the housing area as well, because that, that issue means the government is leveraged up, well, deleverage the debt problem on the local areas. So it's optimizing and reducing the pressure on the local debts and preventing the default risk. That's what all the investments concerns and now the concerns are gone. So that is a super big news over the past week, which supported all the Ferris growth as well as equity growth. We saw the uh, Shanghai Composites has corrected for a while, like for a month. It's like correction for each single trading day. Now we saw a five or six consecutive up and reverse the downward trend. And we think what's more important, the increasing supplying treasury notes in issuance result in higher yield and lower face value which means the monetary department needs to cut rates to hatch the increase on the implicit interest rates. And in addition, China Huijing company, one of the biggest sovereign funds in the world stated to announce buybacks on the equity ETFs, which was the second time of the month. And at, during the same time, U.S. 10 year treasure debt yield dropped from the 16 year high at about 5% to uh, 4.8 and 4.85% in the following weeks, which provided relief on the secondary market. And a little news in the industry or a big news not happened yet. BHP, the one of the biggest miner in the world, the iron ore miner in the world, said news saying a potential disruption on the supply caused by worker strikes but in Australia, all the strikes need to be approved by the local government. So we haven't seen any updates on if it is approved, but hearing from some of the physical traders, they're pretty confident that the 
approval what went through. It's just a matter of time. So that created concerns on the supply. So those two news, other than all the fundamental change, are so big that has a huge impact on the market, which just totally changed the fundamental outlook of the iron ore during the past week and maybe a few weeks overall. Forward. So as far as sustainability then of this upward trend, we're feeling pretty confident that it's kind of here to stay. I think the two new, as long as there's no news from BHP, it's all good news for iron ore because market trade backed on expectations. As long as they have this expectation and it's not changed, it's supporting an iron ore price. And I think there are more similes coming out from China in more of the details. And those like a trillion UN sovereign debt is just a big picture from the government, but there will be more practical actions, details, and what's the response on the liquidity, how the government's going to use it. Like there'll be more details. So there will be more good news on the macro side as well as on the uh, supply side. But on the other side, the risk is iron ore demand is still suffering from a marginal decrease. The good news doesn't really happen. It doesn't really hit the ground in a day like, say, we had a liquidity and we're all going to buy materials and steels and iron ores. It's not equal. That's a short-run risk. The other one is if there is like the local government in Australia doesn't really approve for the, it, it finally approved for strikes. I think it, it will approve for some kind of certain strike in some time of the year, maybe early next year, but if it's denied for the first time, it's going to have a correction or hit on iron ore price very sharply. But if it's not, or it's not sending anything for a month, the market totally forgot about the news and the irritation effect uh, of the news. And so that play a drag down factor for iron ore price as well. And I think on the angle of valuation, iron ore is slight high. I think it's not super high, although it's already a year high. But I think it's slightly high at this standpoint. I think it's compared to all the commodity class because the steel margins in China and India is really suffering from a marginal loss. In India, the difference is it's because of the high coking coal and the high coke price in China. It's both the coke price is high and iron, iron ore price is high. Well, the iron ore supply looks better than the coke. So I think, I think in winter, in particular, with some of the production cuts, there will be some pressures on iron ore. And I think there's some of the agencies that started to do surveys, third-party agencies to started doing surveys, the winter stock of Chinese downstream enterprises. Their mindset, their expectation price for the long rebar is only 3,500 yuan, which is like 350 yuan lower than the current spot price. So we had some room. If we're talking about correction, we have some room on rebar and iron ore as well. But the thing is, the sentiment is really good for iron ore at this point of time. But saying the valuation is really high. It's really high. It's not worth chasing high at this time and this, this level. That's my uh, point of view on that sustainability. That's how pays hot take there. Well, Hal, just 
very quickly, could you give us your main takeaway? What do we have to look out for in the coming week until we hear from you again? First of all, we really need to take a look on the uh, BHP news to see if there's any change on the strikes. Does it happen or when does it happen? Or it's even it's denied, will it happen again in the year or it's in the next year? Every details in, in the news is really important to us. The second of all, we need to take a look at on the uh, peak iron demand, which is a realistic consumptions on the iron ore. Is it going up again or it's just going down, like all the way going down? So if that happens, that means iron ore still see some pressure. I think the third, the last but not the least one is we should take a look at the environment curves or the control about pollution somewhere in China or some of the steel mills are suffering from marginal loss or decide to close on antenna, stuff like that. And I think those are the three most important news or factors we should definitely take a look at in the entire November. It's not, maybe not just next week maybe just entire November, we should really keep an eye on it. And I will just add it to my RSS feed. And I know the Freight Up community will as well. Al, thank you so much for your time. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, Fernanda. See you next week. Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining. And... If you could subsidize the affection and support my family is supposed to be showing me, that would be greatly appreciated. Please stop by FreightUpPodcast.com. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And just let us know what you like. Let us know what you'd like to see in the future. Or just drop a note to say hi because it'll make me happy. Until next time. Ciao. Freight Up.